A woman I know, a Unitarian Universalist woman from another congregation, we'll call her Louise. She was going through a particularly difficult time in her life. She had experienced the death of someone very close to her and was facing other challenging circumstances that compounded her grief. Relating her story and her sorrow to a friend who happened to be a Christian, the friend responded, Oh, I'm so sorry. This must be especially hard for you. Puzzled, Louise asked her what she meant. Well, said the friend, you know, you don't have the faith that I do. A rather insensitive response, you might say. But what I want to look at today are the assumptions about faith that exist in this interaction. When Louise brought me this story, she was visibly upset, not simply about the insensitivity that was displayed, but by the assumption that Louise didn't have faith. Now, part of this had to do with this friend knowing that Louise attended a Unitarian Universalist congregation, and in all fairness, many Unitarian Universalists reject and sometimes maybe a bit vehemently, popular formulations of what faith means. Faith, in words from the letter to the Hebrews in the Christian scriptures, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There you go, some will say, that's faith, wishful thinking. Or as Mark Twain quoted a young boy as saying, faith is believing what you know ain't so. And some proponents of faith would agree that faith means believing in things that cannot be proven any other way. Faith is measured for them by the intensity of belief in certain spiritual truths that lie outside the realm of our ability to prove them true by any other means but faith itself. In other words, by believing, we come to know that it is so. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. In this concept of faith, those things that disturb one's unswerving belief are enemies of faith. Having faith means just saying no to questions and doubts. Or put another way, the answer to your questions will often be simply have faith. From this perspective, we are probably not a community of faith. We hold beliefs to be important, of course, but we will not presume to tell you what you should believe. We do not come together around a single set of beliefs. We encourage you to engage your own free and responsible search for truth and meaning, a search that will necessarily involve questions and doubts. We don't expect you to reach the same conclusions regarding what you believe as everyone else in the community, nor do we imagine that you will necessarily hold the same beliefs throughout your life. 
but rather that your beliefs will grow and change and respond to your ongoing experience and your openness to life and the experiences and insights of those around you. If faith is about particular beliefs, we are not, as a religious community, about faith. But not everyone believes, you catch that, (laughs) that faith is about belief. Belief, Alan Watts wrote in the reading that Allison shared, belief has come to mean a state of mind which is almost the opposite of faith. Watts goes on in another section to explain what he means. Most of us believe in order to feel secure, in order to make our individual lives seem valuable and meaningful. Belief has thus become an attempt to hang on to life, to grasp and keep it for one's own. But you cannot understand life and its mysteries as long as you try to grasp it. Indeed, you cannot grasp it just as you cannot walk off with a river in a bucket. If you try to capture running water in a bucket, it is clear that you do not understand it and that you will always be disappointed. For in the bucket, the water does not run. To have running water, you must let it go and let it run. The same is true, he writes, of life and of God. Now, understanding this is simply one person's definition of these words, still they may be helpful in deconstructing Louise's conversation with her friend. Using these definitions, what this woman may have been saying is, this must be especially hard for you because I don't think you have the same beliefs as I do. Beliefs, perhaps, about life after death, where people will be reunited with loved ones. Beliefs that provided comfort and consolation to this woman. Beliefs that she assumed, rightly or wrongly, that Louise didn't share. If we use Watts' definition, she definitely was not talking about faith, because faith is not something you have. It is something you do. Faith is a verb. Belief clings, but faith lets go. So there would not be people of faith and people without faith. There would only be people who sometimes let go and sometimes do not. And that letting go requires trust, however one defines the object of that trust. It requires that I trust in life itself. I think sometimes that Jesus is misunderstood when he talks about faith. He says to his disciples, O ye of little faith, and that's interpreted, or it was when I was growing up, as chiding them for asking too many questions rather than simply believing some things. Don't question. Have faith. But is that what he meant? Confronting their worries about what they will eat, where they will stay, what they will wear, he says, consider the birds of the air. They don't store up food for the future, and yet they are fed every day. And consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin, and yet they are clothed in greater beauty than any of us. Did he offer them safety? 
protection from the risks of life based on their beliefs? Did he say that the lily could not be crushed underfoot or that the bird could not be injured or attacked? Did he say, don't worry about tomorrow because I or my dad will take care of all your troubles? No. In a beautiful moment of down-home practicality, he said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. You're not going to find that on a Hallmark card, but that is what he said. Because he wasn't trying to con them. He was inviting them to relax into the reality of insecurity. He was meeting them on the ground of groundlessness. The advice he gave was this, strive first for the kingdom of God. Don't waste your time worrying about your security. Life is risk. It's beauty and sadness. It's heartache and joy. It's trouble and rest and uncertainty and love. Pay attention to what matters. When he said, oh, ye of little faith, I think he might have been saying, to borrow Alan Watts's phraseology, sweet disciples, you are always trying to grasp it, to hold on, to stop life so you can be certain, to make plans so that you can be secure. Meanwhile, the river runs. If you only had faith, you could let go instead of grasping. Faith is what sustains us through all of it. Faith is what assures us that however painful life gets, it is worthy in a way that we cannot completely describe. It is holy in a sense we may never fully comprehend. Now, Watts seems to suggest that we should strive to live without beliefs. I think that, just as I may need to catch water in a bucket so that it can be useful to me, I think that I translate my faith into beliefs for the same reason. What is important is that I not confuse one with the other. I can use water from a bucket to water my plants to quench my thirst, but I need to remember that the water in my bucket is not a river and that the river is the source. It is unfortunately true, as Watts suggests, that many times the bucket becomes the focal point, the sacred center. The bucket, people tell one another, is the source from which the water flows because we saw water coming from it once. We felt it running through our fingers, coursing down our throats. And when water is not forthcoming, when the bucket has run dry, we are invited to believe all the harder to have faith that the bucket will provide to not question or doubt. And I think it is fear that moves us to harden our beliefs and confuse them with faith. Ironically, by solidifying our beliefs into a protective covering, we effectively close ourselves off from the source. This is inspired by fear of our un underlying undeniable insecurity, which Tibetan Buddhist nun and teacher Pima Chodron calls our groundlessness, an inescapable fact of existence. We are none of us safe. We are none of us 
secure. You'll notice the Alan Watts book is not entitled, it doesn't have the subtitle, How to Overcome Your Insecurity in 12 Easy Steps. Because insecurity is just a part of it. Rather, it carries the, to me, amusing subtitle, A Message for an Age of Anxiety. Does that narrow it down for you? (laughs) It was published in 1951, but the age of anxiety is a little open-ended. I like to imagine creatures of the far distant future designating the age of anxiety as covering that period when human beings roamed the earth. Faith does not make us secure. It allows us to live with courage and compassion in the face of our insecurity. If we could learn to not be afraid of groundlessness, not be afraid of insecurity and uncertainty, it would be calling on an inner strength that would allow us to be open and free and loving and compassionate in any situation. Those are the words of Pima Chodron. If we could open up, if we could let go, if we could trust life, knowing that we can't control life, if we could faith the facts. Faith runs deeper than any beliefs, and it is what remains when our beliefs have been shattered. Faith is the river that runs still, no matter that our bucket is cracked along the seam and our water has leaked onto the ground. Faith is the moon still reflecting the light of the sun, even when we are too weak and tired to raise our arm to point. If faith is a belief, it is the belief that our lives, however painful our circumstances, are worthy, worthy of our commitment, attention, compassion. If that is faith, then we may indeed be called a community of faith. In the face of uncertainty and insecurity, we dare to trust and celebrate life and to support and console one another through its hardships. This is the faith we want to keep alive. This is the legacy we wish to leave. Our covenant with one another and with our ancestors and future generations is not contained in the tentative outlines of our present beliefs or ideas or opinions, but in the courage and compassion with which we face each new day, confident in the belief that whatever comes, we can take no more faithful act than to meet it with our full selves. It is our belief that existence is trustworthy, well beyond any temporary evidence for that belief we might gather. May we faith the facts. So may it be.